This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside GTC. The whole gang is around on this lovely Monday morning in the GTA. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Gentlemen, good morning. Mark, starting with you, how was your weekend? Uh, well, the Niners won on the road in Pittsburgh. Right. So that's a good win there. So it's a good, good weekend there. Although the Cowboys looked good Sunday night, so it kind of offset my joy from the Niners victory because the only thing I enjoy as much as watching the Niners win is watching the Cowboys lose, and that was a tough Cowboy uh, victory. They were having to watch them roll over. So, and I also saw you gentlemen. We were we haven't had a chance to circle back, but if we go back almost a week ago, we were all at uh, Budweiser stage to see Sting last Tuesday night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was and, a, that was a fun night. And so yeah, so no, it's good. I, you know, it's nice. It's nice being home for a bit, guys. Gotta tell you. That's right. And uh, Bob, uh, you were at Sting. Sting was at the U.S. Open final yesterday afternoon at Flushing Meadows uh, on Overdrive. They they talk a lot about quality coaching sessions and how Sunday would have been the, the greatest sporting. A coaching session ever. Bob, did you put in a, a quality shift on Sunday watching sports or were you out and about? Were you running marathons? What were you doing? Yeah, all of the above. I had a little training run in the morning uh, and then my race is next Sunday, so it was sort of the last of my long runs. And then what did I do? Oh, yeah, then we watched, uh, watched flip back and forth between the tennis and uh, football. Uh, my Thursday night was made better when the Detroit Lions won. That was kind of fun to see them knock off uh, KC, they're not really my team, but I went to school in Windsor, so I uh, used to go and watch them their, their games back in the days when they were actually a decent team. Uh, yeah, there was some, there was lots of good lots of good uh, uh, football on this weekend too. Although I did I always do a four team four game parlay for the CFL games, and the uh, Calgary Stampeders uh, def- were defeated by the Edmonton Elks, which really kind of threw a wrench into my other three picks, which were golden. Anyway, there you go. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was on the desk on Saturday evening uh, for that late comeback uh, by the Elks and watching that celebration uh, in, in the locker room. Uh, that was that was quite something. But why are we talking about other sports on a Sunday? Because the PGA Tour was not in action on Sunday. But hey, the offseason's over. The longest offseason professional sports is now over. The PGA Tour is back this week. No, I'm kidding. The offseason was about 12 days long. But we'll have, of course, the Fortinet Championship this week, Max Homa looking for the three-peat. Throughout the show, we're going to tee up uh, that tournament, the Canadians in the field. A big picture look ahead for the Canadians on the PGA Tour uh, this season, this week too. Some notable names, of course, playing this week. We'll discuss them. Max Homa, Justin Thomas, another one. And he was uh, in the news for some interesting reasons as well off the golf course. We'll get to that uh, a little later in the show. Uh, this week too on television, is our Irish travel special where we're going to take a tour of some of the top golf courses in 
Ireland and throughout the show today we're going to play some of those interviews if you're planning a trip to Ireland the, the Open Championship heading back to Royal Portrush in 2025 so we'll have much more on that too we'll also recap the DP World Tour the LPGA Tour PGA Tour Canada so much to get to today but first let's kick things off with some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer Sandbagger Everybody knows one. Okay, well, last Monday at this time, it was Labor Day, and that was the time for European Ryder Cup captain Luke Donald to make his captain's picks. Now, we haven't had a chance to go through those picks. The biggest controversy, perhaps, the biggest omission was Moronk, Adrian Moronk, not being named to the team after quite a season he had, including winning at Marco Simone. Bob, for you, were you surprised to see Moronk not on the squad? Shocked. Um, you have to wonder what was going into Luke Donald's mind when he made those the, the selections. And I think the two that stand out that are probably, uh, I don't know if you're going to call them questionable, but certainly they could have been replaced by by uh, Adrian Moronk were uh, Ludwig Aberg and Nikolai Hoygaard. And I just don't know enough about those guys in their games other than, you know, they don't have a lot of experience in this kind of level or they don't have a ton of, uh, well, they don't have any, obviously, Ryder Cup experience. And you just wonder what throwing them into this would mean. Uh, now, Moronk doesn't have it either, but obviously he's a little more as a seasoned professional on those teams. And he sort of, I think, I think you know, Moronk said that he was pretty shocked that he wasn't on there. He was expecting to be on there. He's kind of the uh, the European Ryder Cup versions of... Uh, of, uh, I don't know, like a left out guy. And I just wonder, I don't know. I don't know what's going into the thinking of it. I don't know what's going on. He's, he's the, he's the European team's Keegan Bradley. Exactly. Yeah. He's definitely the biggest omission from this squad, in my opinion, as well. Mark, when you saw no Moronk, uh, listed by Luke Donald, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's an absolute shock. I'm with Bob and you, um, my mind starts to wander if there's personality conflicts or things behind the scenes that we don't know about, that we're unaware of, because if you remove that element, if you remove, okay, does he fit in the dressing room? Uh, does he have friends on this team? If you remove that aspect of this and just look at it in black and white, it makes no sense at all that he's not on this team and that Nikolai Hogard would be on this team above him. No, no shot at Nikolai Hogard. Adrian Morar is the reigning Italian Open champion, which he won on this golf course uh, earlier this year. But he's also won two additional national championships in the last 14 months, the Irish Open, Australian Open, and again, the Italian Open. So these are not minor feats on the European Tour. Uh, so to have that resume, uh, to be the reigning champ on the golf course they're playing, uh, so there's something, I got to assume that there's something here that we don't know about. Um, the one that, again, the, the player that I, for me, that would, that would be the one that would be missing out would be Hogarth. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, he's never played in a major championship. We know this. But that was his 87th uh, start as a professional. Uh, actually, that, no, that's high. Sorry. 87 days. That's what I was looking there for. There you go. He has 87 days. Yeah, 87 days as a professional. And he won a golf tournament. They, they being the European Tour Brain Trust, uh, believe Ludwig Eberg is going to be a generational 
Ryder Cupper for European uh, for Team Europe that he's going to be here for the next 20 years as a mainstay. Uh, so they were, I think, hoping for that victory so they could justify putting him here because they think he's going to be here for the next 20 years. Yeah, and even Rory spoke about in his press conference prior to last week's Irish Open that he thought Aberg would be there regardless, really. Uh, of even without, one. yeah. Yeah, which, which is interesting because yep. Rory also went on to say how he thinks it might feel kind of strange now that the team has been announced and those Ryder Cup mainstays that the European squad has had for years and years and years, your Lee Westwoods, your Ian Poulters, your Sergio Garcias, your Henrik Stensons, guys like them who are not involved. So, Bob, you wonder if you wonder if Aberg's only going to play one match or Hoygaard's only going to play one match heading into the Sunday singles, maybe to, you know, work these guys in. What, what do you think? I'm sure Luke Donald has a plan, and I'm sure the analytics that these guys embody right now has probably told them something about these two guys, and um, and that's a big change over the last, I don't know, two or three or four Ryder Cups and President's Cups, the, the depth of information that they have on these guys, their games, even their demeanors, and, and what it's like to you know, go into a, a play a course like this. And, and you got to think, too, that perhaps there was, just like on the American team, there was some lobbying on behalf. Like, you've got to think Scotty Scheffler lobbied for, for Burns. And you got to think, you know, uh, Jordan Spieth is lobbying for Justin Thomas to get on there. So I imagine they probably had their, uh, their supporters of the, amongst the, uh, the other teams as well, other team members as well on there. So who knows? I, I know, uh, Bob, you saw, like, Obviously, the live bots were out in full effect after the um, after the European t- uh, team was picked. And I mean, to me, this has nothing to do with live golf. These picks, like all these players that we just mentioned, are obviously live golfers. But that's not the reason they're not on the European team. This is whether they were on the PGA Tour or whether they are on live golf. I think is irrelevant. This is just clearly a, a passing of the torch and a passage of time. Uh, these players that have gone to live that were historically European rider covers forever are just kind of on the other side of their career now. Let's be honest. They were never going to make this team, nor do they belong on this team. One could argue that if Sergio Garcia maybe still had a bit of the work ethic and was still playing uh, full-time on the PGA Tour, that he may have had an outside chance on participating on this team. Uh, I think that's debatable. But I don't think it's debatable at all when you say the names Poulter, McDowell, Westwood, Stenson. These, these guys were never going to be on this team. Um, they were staring at captaincies, not staring at participation. They were staring at captaincies, one of which Stenson had to give up, as we all know. Donald replaced him. So I think this is more just uh, father time than it is anything else. And uh this will be a bigger conversation and maybe not so much a conversation. It won't be a conversation. It would have been a bigger conversation when we got to the president's cup next year, because to me, in my mind, it's the international team of the president's cup that was most affected by the live defectors, so to speak. And now the opportunity to add a Cam Smith, uh, Mito Pereira, a Joaquin Neiman uh, to a, a, to an international president's cup team is going to be in the movie. That's going to be available to when we get to Montreal. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with this. Adam, are you with me on that? Do you think these guys were like 
none of them were on this team regardless? Yeah, totally. You know, un unless one of those players you had mentioned had gone on and won a major championship this year, for example, that sort of thing, like like a Brooks Kepka uh, did. Or, you know, people have made the, the argument as well, you know, Dustin Johnson went 5-0 and at Whistling Straits two years ago, but for the most part on the PGA, on in the majors, on live, he's really been MIA, haven't really heard much uh, from Dustin Johnson. Now, before we turn uh, the corner here, the page on the Ryder Cup. I'm curious, guys, for this European squad, because from all reports we've heard and seen uh, from YouTube videos that have now been released on Marco Simone or coverage of the golf course itself, it looks like a very hard walk in terms of undulation, in terms of hills. So that's where guys who have played five matches consistently for the most part in the past for this European squad that is definitely top-heavy, you know, your Rory's, your Hovland's, your Rom, etc. Bob, how hard do you think five matches would be in terms of playing 36 on the Friday, 36 Saturdays, and the Sunday singles? How hard would five matches be for anyone in this tournament? I think it's hard even if the golf course is flat. I mean, there's, there's so much emotion that goes into this as opposed to a regular PGA Tour event. There's so much more at stake uh, in terms of the other teammates you're trying to trying to help and, and play for, uh, let alone your country or your continent. So I think there's a lot more that goes into these, and they're very emotional. So it's going to be difficult. And now these most of these guys are in pretty good shape, and most of these guys can handle the walk. And uh, but I'm sure if there's anybody who's you know going to sit out, it could be the guys who they figure might get a little more fatigued. I'll be shocked if the Americans have a guy who plays all five. Uh, I would think that the European team will have to do a few guys playing all five would be, would be my bet. Mark, to you, same thing. Do you think the Europeans play two, yeah. three, four guys for five matches? Yeah, I, I'm with Bob. <laughs> I think uh, bang on that, that, that the Europeans are going to have to have their, their horses, Rory, Rom, etc., play uh, five matches. So I think we'll see more than one European. I don't think we'll see an American. We could be surprised. But to me, I'm with Bob too. I don't care where you're playing this. Um, it's it's an a mental, emotional fatigue uh, more than it is physical. Because we also don't know, Adam, how long these matches are going to go. Like you could play all five matches and if none of them get past 15, you know, what's the physical toll there? I mean, I mean it means nothing other than the amount of emotion and mental energy uh, spent to compete in this environment for three days, five matches at the end. If you're on the losing side, you probably feel like you went to war. You know what I mean? It's probably killing you on the, if you're on the winning side, it doesn't matter come Sunday night because the, uh, the adrenaline and the excitement, you probably, your body won't crash probably until Wednesday. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because, as you guys know, I, I like to look back and watch old highlights. If my mother's listening, she'll be laughing at that because I like to watch old tournaments over and over and over again that I've seen a thousand times. And I've looked back, you know, we, we look back to Rory McIlroy two years ago, just sobbing essentially at the microphone after losing. You think of Rory as well when he took on Patrick Reed in 2016, that excellent stretch between five and eight where they were basically just yelling at each other for an hour consecutive. And then that back nine was so flat because they were just so exhausted. So we'll see what kind of toll this takes mentally, emotionally, physically, the works, the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks, of course, we'll have a full preview both on television and radio the week of the Ryder Cup. Now, uh, before we sign off and go to break here, uh, some other news 
And some interesting news uh, in regards to Tony Finau in a lawsuit that may or may not be happening. Uh, Mark, do you have any any details around this? Yeah, it's weird, right and now? I'm you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's it's, it appears that there might be multiple suits coming or currently filed. But I'm surprised this kind of stuff doesn't happen more often. Because as you guys know, sometimes at private clubs or whatnot, there'll be a group of people that, that back a career of a junior or back someone to get them started on their professional path. And it's almost like a consortium, you know, to uh, to see if that, you know, someone who needs that financial help to get going. Because it's expensive to be out there and it's hard to become a professional golfer and play golf for a living. So it seems that... Uh, an individual or individuals who were part of the Tony Finau let's give Tony a push camp back when he was 17 years old are suggesting that the Finau family owes a percentage of his uh, of his winnings uh, back to this uh, backer or group of backers. That's what we're waiting to see. So again, a lot of this right now is he said, she said. I'm surprised this stuff doesn't happen more often um, because a lot of times none of this stuff is actually papered or contract. It's, it's a bunch of people with extra cash throwing it in a pool and, you know, uh, kind of almost having fun with their money at times in a way, if you're one of those people that are, have the ability to do that. So we'll have to keep our eye on this and see where it is. You know, Tony Finau is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. He's a wonderful family man. He's about as good of a human being as um, as you can. You guys, is my initial instinct is that if Tony Finau felt like he owed somebody something, that Tony Finau would be the first one there to um, to kind of make sure that th those debts are paid. So I, I find this hard to believe personally. And Tony Finau career earnings around fifty million dollars. Now, uh, before we actually sign off and go to break here. Of course, 22 years ago today was 9-11. Uh, we want to uh, think and pray about everyone who was affected. This uh, obviously shook the world uh, in ways we, we can't uh, imagine those who uh, lost one. So we're thinking of all those today, 9-11. It's hard to believe 22 years ago. Okay, when we come back here on GTC, we're going to recap the LPGA Tour, DP World Tour. More specifically, Brooke Henderson finishing T23 and Rory McIlroy, a Sunday to forget. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully, Weeks, and Zucchino all around. Normally, we do leaderboard updates a little later in the show, but we're, we're doing some new things here. It's September. We're trying some new things, but uh, leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com for much more details. LPGA, Minji Lee over Charlie Hall in a playoff at the Kroger 
Queen City Championship. Vincent Norman winning the Irish Open. Hayden Springer, big victory. PGA Tour Canada, Fortnite Cup Championship. We'll have much more with Hayden Springer, with Scott Pritchard as well from PGA Tour Canada on next week's show. More details on that throughout the week. But let's get to the LPGA because Minji Lee did win. But of course, we're here in Canada. So all eyes, as always, on Brooke Henderson. So it was a big weekend for Brooke. One, she turned 26 years old, which is kind of hard to believe because she's been in the spotlight for such a long time. She turned 26 on Sunday, but a T23 for Brooke. Uh, Bob, for you, the LPGA, very busy uh, calendar. It never really ends in terms of schedule. It's nonstop. Uh, after what you saw, A, from Brooke at the CPKC, another T23 here finish for Brooke. What's your outlook for Henderson as we head to the latter stages of the LPGA season? Uh, you know, I think the same as we've sort of seen. It's, it's been a good year, but not a great year for Brooke. You can change that, of course, by just winning one more tournament. But I, I don't see that right now from what I saw her playing the game that she had. It's, um, it's solid. There's still, she hit, in Vancouver, she hit a lot of shots, both tee shots and iron shots, off to the right. And I haven't seen if she's been able to correct that because it's tough to, tough to you know, find them. I don't have them on the screen as much as we do uh, when they're here in Canada. But um, it's still... I don't know. She just didn't seem to quite have the fire. And I don't know if that's because she needs a little break. They're going to be off for two weeks now because uh, she's not playing Solheim Cup, obviously. And there's a dark week this week. So maybe she'll get recharged a little bit. But uh, that birthday, you know, 26, it seems awfully young. But that's she's been playing golf for an awfully long time. And I always wonder, just having chatted with her and watched her, I still think she has the drive. I still think she loves to play the game. But you wonder if maybe there are other parts of life now starting to move up on the scale of importance. And I don't know what they are. They could just be, you know, going, doing other things other than golf. So maybe that's what it is. She's still got great games. She's still a very, very good player and she could turn it around next week and nobody would be surprised. So uh, we just got to keep watching and see what happens. Well, our first LPGA Tour victory was over eight years ago in 2015. That was her first LPGA Tour win. Yeah, she only won by eight shots. So Brooke Henderson, uh, looking forward to seeing her back in the mix in a couple of weeks. Now, I mentioned Vincent Norman, no relation to Greg Norman, by the way, Vincent Norman winning the Irish Open. Uh, but Rory McIlroy, an interesting Sunday because he you know, started out relatively slowly throughout this tournament, played well in Saturday's third round to make his way into the mix. And then on the final round, shoots two over, finishing T16, the first time finishing outside the top 10 in a tournament worldwide since May at the Wells Fargo. That was before the PGA Championship, so it's been quite a run for Rory. Mark, for you, what does this finish mean for Rory, if anything? I don't know if it means anything, to be honest with you guys. It was a weird day. He, you know, he rinsed four balls in the water on that's, Sunday. That's impressive. Uh, uh, at, at the Cade Club, right? I mean, uh, with a chance to win this golf tournament, um, I, I said time and time again, occasionally for some reason or another, it almost looks like Rory turns his brain off. I, I mean, it almost looks like there's this drop in concentration, and I don't know why. You think in his national championship, trying to win it for a second time, that that would not occur. But it, it, it it's almost like he blanked out. And by the time he 
kind of got a grip of himself after one bad swing. And there was all of a sudden four bad swings and, and this golf tournament was out of reach. And Vincent Norman, who's had a quietly has played very well. Here he is again with another win. So um, I think if you're Luke Donald, you're happy to see a nice uh, tournament by Shane Lowry. Only two off the lead at 12 under par, Shane Lowry. So uh, Luke Donald's probably taking some positives out of this and is likely ignoring everything that Rory McIlroy did. Um, before we completely skip over LPGA, I just want to mention that uh, Minji Lee, you know, she won this in a playoff, guys. She blew a five-shot lead. This was supposed to be a parade. This was supposed to be a parade. Five-shot lead ends up winning in a playoff over Charlie Hall. So, I mean, winning's tough on every tour, isn't it? It's like it's just so hard to grab the W. The difference between playing well and winning sometimes feels huge, right? You got all these people that play well all year, but the difference between playing well and being able to win and then being able to win on a regular basis, um, that's difference. Yeah, it You'd wonder how this morning she would have woken up differently had that, that victory not occurred. But hey, a win is a win. Uh, Solheim Cup coming up in a couple weeks. Can't wait for that on the LPGA as well. When we come back here on GTC, going to switch gears a little bit. Are you looking to plan a golf trip of a lifetime? Perhaps maybe go visit the golf course that was just being played at the Irish Open, the K Club. When we come back, we go one-on-one -on -one with the GM of the K Club, Paul Heary, to discuss that golf course itself and all the amenities, the hotel, the works all around the K Club. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, we just mentioned in our previous segment, Vincent Norman winning the Irish Open at the K Club, Shane Lowry, a good finish. Rory McIlroy, a Sunday to forget, but still finished T16. And tomorrow evening on TSN2, our Irish Travel Special will debut 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. It'll air as well throughout the day on Wednesday across the TSN network. Now, one of the interviews we are going to play is Paul Heary, who is the general manager of the K Club. And I had a chance to speak with Paul last week before the tournament kicked off all about the K Club and what you can expect if you plan a trip over there. Let's play that interview. For much more on the K Club, now joining us is Paul Heary. Paul, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Great to be with you too, my friend. So in your mind, what makes the K Club such a great destination for people to come to? I guess we have a lot to offer. You know, a lot of people know the K Club for our golf. And, and yes, we are famous for our golf after 
hosting the Ryder Cup in, in 2006 and the Irish Open in 16. And, and now this week, uh, we have the Irish Open back again. However, we have a lot more to offer on the on the estate and whether that's fishing, archery, clay pigeon shooting, falconry. Um, we have a wonderful leisure activities out there. And, and that's what a lot of people may not know us for. And, uh, no, we, we enjoy sharing that because we've we have everything for, for uh, people to, to have and have some fun on the estate. And the K Club is the only 36-hole Arnold Palmer-designed destination in Europe. Just saying those out loud, you know how special it is. But when you're there, you're at the K Club, what makes that so special to be involved with Arnold Palmer? Oh, look, that's a legacy piece, isn't it? You know, he's he's synonymous. And it's actually his birthday is this Sunday, would you believe? So, And we have the... Uh, the last day of the Irish Open is going to be on Sunday, so we could we could have a nice story there, uh, and we're excited about that. But yeah, to have to have two uh, two eighteen hole courses, it's wonderful, and it gives a lots of uh, variety and choice. And the two courses are different, you know. We we have the the Palmer North, which is synonymous for hosting the Ryder Cup, and it's a true parkland course. And and then we have the South course, which uh, is, you know, de- designed on an inland links. So you, you get a totally different contrast on both courses. Um, no, we're, we're proud to have both. There you go. Now, you mentioned the Horizon Irish Open going on. Uh, which golf course is that being played at? That's being played on Palmer North. Okay. And then are, are you using Palmer South at all for, you know, driving range, any sort of uh, hospitality, that sort of thing? Or is it not being used at all? No, everything is facilitated here on North. Uh, there's plenty of space, plenty of room, and uh, we have our members. Uh, both our members are able to play on South, uh, so that's fully open and available to play at the moment. Oh, that's really that's really cool. Now, obviously, you know this is a huge event on the DP World Tour calendar. What's it like on your end hosting an event of this magnitude? What comes into it in terms of preparation? Oh, well, it has been in play for a year and a half to two years. Uh, and it's lovely to see the journey of the the planning meetings that go into these events. And when you start the journey and then to see it today, we had the Pro-Am today. So it's just finishing as we speak here. Uh, and we're having a little mini heat wave in Ireland at that present. So it's 24, 25 degrees here. So everything is going in our favor. And it's looking like the weekend is going to be wonderful weather. So we certainly didn't foresee that we were going to have weather in September like this. So it's it's pretty special at the moment to see to see it evolve, to see the magnitude, to see the players here. You know, Rory teed off this morning at eight o'clock, and you know we've Shane Lowry and Patrick Harrington and Luke Donald, who's the the, the captain of the the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, we've we have a wonderful field out there, and they're all on the range as we speak and doing their their practice and uh no it's it's a little bit surreal if i'm being honest yeah no totally i i can see it in the excitement in your face just to have the top players yeah, yeah. in the world they're getting a chance to play the k club now rory mcelroy won the irish open back in 2016 i know you weren't at the k club personally yourself working there but what do you remember just watching rory back in 2016 how special especially that fairway medal was on that closing hole Ah, oh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's his composure, isn't it? The way he just, his confidence, he, he just stands up with confidence and 
I still remember his turn. You know, you can remember his 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 follow through and his turn and standing staring it down and and then the crowd roars in at it. Um, that's that's what I can that's what I have in my my head. And we have a plaque on the 18 fairway, so it's still there. And every time I go out and play, I I still don't take on that shot because I know I'm going to lose my ball. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 here in Canada, Rory McIlroy is now an unofficial Canadian because he's won the RBC Canadian Open twice and he's loved his experiences here. So we're all big Rory fans and we're, we're rooting for him this week at the Irish Open. Now, uh, getting back to the K-Club, you know, you mentioned this a little, little earlier. It's not just golf. There's great accommodations, five-star resort as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, we've we've 130 bedrooms and uh, we have wonderful rooms and we, the house itself, the the the, the house, the the Stratton house that is it, it goes back to 1832, so it has wonderful history. It was owned by the Barton family. They were a French, uh, wine family that came from 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 Bordeaux and France over, and this was their country country estate. And then they they returned back to uh, Bordeaux. And to this day, we go back to to Bordeaux and we we get our house wine from the Barton family. So uh, there's a great history in the house and it it goes back a long, long time. And as I said, 1832. And now it has evolved and and we have a hotel that has got bigger and bigger and it it runs along the Liffey and overlooks the Liffey. So it's beautiful. Um, And... uh, yeah, 130 bedrooms. So it's it's a fine property, um, and it has it has a lot to offer. Yeah, it certainly does have a lot to offer. Now, before we we sign off, uh, some fine dining too. You mentioned this a little earlier. Some other activities that some can do, not just golf. Yeah, yeah, and we we have a great food and beverage also. Just to mention, we have three distinctive different restaurants with different concepts on the property. Uh, we have the our Barton restaurant, which is in the hotel itself, so it's our signature restaurant. And that's where you, you know, you feel good about yourself and you dress up and you go for a beautiful experience. And and then we have the Palmer Clubhouse, which is kind of an all day restaurant with steak and seafood. And then over on the south side, we opened a new restaurant last year called South. And uh, that's completely different, complete contrast to what you would expect at the K-Club. Uh, you know, we have a DJ in it on a Saturday night. We We have, you know, burgers and pizzas. And it's wonderful. And that's for the families because we, we want to be able to to be accessible and to make sure that when our families come, that they feel comfortable. And I have young kids as well. And, you know, I think when you have children, you, you need that restaurant that the parents feel comfortable in. So we, we have that on the estate as well. Well, the K Club has so much to offer. I can't wait to get make my way there at some point uh, very soon. Paul, thanks so much for your time today. Enjoy this week and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Adam. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Awesome stuff there from Paul. And you can watch the video version of that when our GTC Irish Travel Adventure Special debuts tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m. on TSN2. When we come back, our first preview of the first PGA Tournament of the season, the Fortinet Championship. What should we expect from Justin Thomas? We'll discuss that and much more when we come back right here on Golf Talk Hand. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach 
home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. This week, the PGA Tour, it's back after an off-season that was just so long. I'm sure everyone traveled the world and got to see all the sights and everything they had dreamt of for the 12-day-long off-season that was the PGA Tour. Anyway, it is back this week at the Fortinet Championship where... Some players uh, from the U.S. Ryder Cup team are playing. A lot of the Zach Johnson's playing. Stuart Sink is in the field, too. So some interesting names uh, in the field. Now, of course, uh, Justin Thomas made a number uh, of headlines, dominated headlines throughout uh, our show uh, leading into the FedEx Cup playoffs as he didn't make it. He was one shot, one lip out away, perhaps, on the 72nd hole uh, of the final PGA Tour regular season event to miss out on the FedEx Cup playoffs. He is in, though, for the Ryder Cup. He'll be there in a couple of weeks at Marco Simone. He's playing this week. Uh, Mark, for you, is what what would be, if, if Justin Thomas goes out and wins, if he shoots 82, like what what are you expecting, if anything, from Justin Thomas this week? I, I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, I mean, the last time we saw him in a competitive environment was a Wyndham Championship where he rattled that pitch off the flagstick, and if it had gone in, he would have made it to the playoffs. The, the problem is he's, he put, his ball striking was so bad. His iron play was horrific. He's supposed to be one of the best iron players in the world. You know, have we, have we tightened that up at all? I think if you're Zach Johnson and if you're cheering for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, what you're hoping to see this week from – uh, Justin Thomas is just that, you know, his ball striking's back on point because we always know that the putter is a different story. And we also know that the putter in a match play environment can act like a much different animal than it does in stroke play. Guys like Ian Poulter, guys like Rory McIlroy, all of a sudden become great putters when it's match play versus stroke play. So you're hoping that, you know, Zach Johnson, can, uh, excuse me, that uh, Justin Thomas can find that type of putting performance. But... That doesn't matter if he if his iron play is still going to be in the toilet. So I think that's what you're you're looking for this week is a, a little bit of return to form when it comes to ball striking for Justin Thomas. That's what I'm looking at, Bob. Like, what would you expect, Bob? And and I mean, if you just get some silver lining with ball striking numbers, is that good enough for you if you're Zach Johnson? Uh, yeah, I think it, if, as long as he's progressing, he's getting better than he was when we last saw him where, and, and he was getting a little bit better and you saw him at three M championship and you saw him down those last few tournaments, you know, he was grinding. He was certainly getting closer than he was in the months, weeks before that. So I think his game or he was working extra hard and apparently he has put in quite a bit of time. I believe there, I mean, you never know what the stories are with this coaching stuff going on, but I believe he's got a different putting coach right now, or he certainly he doesn't have a different putting coach. He's working on his own, I think, a little bit more now. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think a guy like Justin Thomas probably knows what he has to do and knows when to do it or how to do it. But um, it's still going to be an interesting unveiling of him. As we said, we haven't seen him for a month or more, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does this week and where he, uh, where he ends up on the leaderboard. Well, Bob, you mentioned it right there in terms of coaching 
air quote drama that went on with Justin Thomas last week because he put a, a post out on social media where he was grinding on the range. There were some pool noodles out there too. He had some wild little gizmos going on, which professional golfers use to try to uh, work on their craft. And his father was nowhere to be seen in that photo. In fact, he probably took the video of that of that uh, post that went out on social media. <laughs> and that fueled uh, on social media where there were some other reports that Mike Thomas and Justin Thomas, uh, they're sort of taking a back seat, maybe no longer working together. Uh, and so another um, another station reached out to Mike Thomas, who picked up the phone and said, actually, I just finished a four hour practice session with my son. Uh, so believe what you want to believe. It, it appears that Mike Thomas and Justin Thomas still working together, of course, father's son. But something did come out. So the U.S. Uh, was at Marco Simone this past weekend uh, for a little scouting trip. They, there were a couple things that stood out to me. One, they watched a lot of college football together where uh, Justin Thomas's uh, Alabama squad was being made fun of a lot. Two, there was a, a photo on social media uh, for a team dinner. It looked like they were enjoying some maybe some nice Brunello, maybe a Peroni or 17 perhaps. But three, there was a photo <laughs> of Steve Stricker working on the practice putting green with Justin Thomas. A guy like Strick, Mark, who obviously had or is continuing to play well on PGA Tour champions, but was an elite putter on the PGA Tour for so long. What do you think his input could mean to JT on the on the putting group? It could mean a lot. You, you, I mean, you just don't know. You, you hear something a different way, just a, a different way of phrasing something, a different way of looking at something. A new idea can open up a whole new world in this game, including putting and let us not forget that who did Tiger Woods seek information from occasionally when it came to his putting? Steve Stricker. So this is not a guy that's unfamiliar with uh, some of the best players in the world or necessary, or potentially the greatest player of all time going, hey, can you have a look at something? So be curious to see. Might, it might uh, amount to nothing. We don't know. But for all we know, Steve Stricker said, you know, hey, what about? Here's the challenge when it comes to Justin Thomas's uh, putting stroke, and I'd be curious to hear your guys' opinion on this because when I look at Justin putting, uh, Justin Thomas's putting stroke, and you look at him on a putting green, I mean, his posture is perfect, his lines are perfect, uh, the setup's ideal, the ball's rolling end over end on the line he chooses. You take that from the putting green, you drop it on the golf course, and instead of in the middle of the cup, it's left edge. It's right edge. I mean, if there was a burning edge competition on the PGA Tour, would him and Scotty Scheffler not have, like, you know, the, the number one title of just if you got extra points for edges? So that's a hard one to fix. It's so much easier to fix it, right, when he's missing by a foot and a half? Because <laughs> there's, like, big things to – there are big things to fix. How do you fix something so minute? I, I don't know. It's, inter it's an interesting dilemma. And, and Bob, you know, so we saw Steve Stricker throughout his career, which has been a great career so far, where when he was inside 100 yards, there's a lot of sort of dead hand shots, just using his shoulders sort of thing. And when he was putting, for the, for the majority of his career anyway, the toe was sort of uh, on the ground, the heel was up a little bit. You wonder if a guy, you know, like Strick can help not only JT, but Scotty Scheffler on the putting green where 
we know how different the putting is in a match play scenario where it doesn't matter if you make three or six, it's just a lost hole versus losing four shots. Yeah, it's a very different beast, certainly when you're playing there. It doesn't matter, as you said, if you, you know, if you go six feet by the cup, it doesn't really matter if, unless it's going in, that's going to count a point. But I think, I think what Mark was saying too about how Stricker has helped so many different people over the years, much like Brad Faxon has helped Rory McIlroy. And Steve Stricker was a tremendous putter. I can remember him even back when he was playing on a Canadian tour up here, uh, going through and, and just holding putt after putt after putt. But I, I did talk to him once, this is going back a long ways, about that, you know, how he helps other players. And he says he won't, he won't help them unless they ask for help. Like he doesn't go up and intrude and say, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. And I think that's pretty, probably pretty standard for most guys who are in this position. But it is, you know, that's, that's the first sign of needing help is when you reach out and ask and realize you need help. So whether Justin Thomas is reaching out to him or whether uh, Zach Johnson is putting him and say, you two guys get out there right now and work on it. I think at this point, Justin Thomas is looking for a little bit more confidence more than anything. And just to see a few putts go in could be, could be all it takes for him to kind of get over this. And you wonder, too, you know, some game reps, as Tiger said, throughout uh, his career uh, in terms of how, how JT reacts. Does he miss the cut? Does he contend this week at the Fortnite Championship? Do any of us pick JT on our TSN Edge team this week? Because a new TSN Edge season will be underway this week. We still have to decide what my punishment is for sure. I mean, I, I, I've come in last two straight years. I try so hard to, and I've come in last the two straight years. Mark, any ideas? All right. So, Bob, I spoke to Feltsy, uh, and Jeff, our friend from Adidas, I threw our idea about maybe forcing Adam for our debut show of 2024, that he would have to wear a shirt or sweater uh, several larges, uh, sizes too large for him for the 60-minute uh, debut, uh, he's all over it. He loves the idea because uh, he knows he knows Adam well enough to know how much that would bother Adam to be wearing a moo-moo for 60 minutes, an Adidas moo-moo. So that could be the one. We may have landed on the punishment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a little terrified about that. Maybe we'll have to punish me in, in that sense where we'll, we'll just have – I'll just be on the screen the entire time, too, because, you know, as you know, for TV, a lot of our show is covered with video, with graphics, all that sort of thing. Maybe I'll just be sitting there doing mine with my quad XL moo on, whatever on earth that is, uh, throughout the, our first show. Anyway, TSN Edge Picks, uh, tsn.ca, check it out Wednesday morning. Do any of us have Justin Thomas, Max Holma, the overwhelming betting favorite pre-tournament right now, looking for the three P. When we kick off hour two in just a couple of minutes, we're going to turn our attention back to Ireland, where Rasa Pena is a venue that if you haven't heard about it yet, you're going to want to hear this three world-class facilities. If you're planning a trip to Ireland, whether it's coming up soon, whether it's to go see the 2025 Open Championship and you're centering the turn that trip around going to the open, maybe playing some golf around the area. You're going to want to check out Rasa Pena. We'll learn all about that golf course when hour two kicks off right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. 
Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Back inside Golf Talk Canada, hour two, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks and Mark Sacchino. Coming up in hour two, Fortnite Championship, full preview from a Canadian perspective. A couple Canadians in the field will take a look at their chances not only this week, but for all of Team Canada as we look ahead to this brand new PGA Tour season that is underway this week coming off arguably the best season we've seen as a whole from Team Canada on the PGA Tour. What, what can we expect? We'll discuss that and much more in Hour 2 as well. Winners, weird, and what. And we'll have an update on what our schedule looks like both on TV and radio for the next couple of weeks. But tomorrow night, TSN 2, 10.30 p.m. is when our Irish Travel Special kicks off. And it'll also be airing on a Wednesday throughout the day across the TSN network. Now, earlier in the show, we heard and learned all about the K-Club, which hosted the Irish Open just this past week. Next up, we're going to discuss Rasa Pena. A lot of history on this property dating back to before the 1900s. Now, there are three world-class golf courses along with a luxurious hotel. When people are planning golf trips around attending the Open in 2025 at Royal Portrush, Rasapena has to be on that list. Let's learn all about Rasapena with Frank Casey, their director of golf. For much more on Rasapena, one of the hidden gems of Ireland, now joining us is Frank Casey. Frank, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So Rasa Pena, home of three great courses, the old Tom Morris links, the Sandy Hill links, and most recently the new St. Patrick's links. We're going to talk about all three of them. Let's start with the old Tom Morris links back in 1893. There's some history here. Give us some background info on this great golf course. So uh, old Tom uh, was commissioned by Lord Leitrim, who owned Rossapena at the time to come across. And he was actually commissioned to build a course around his stately home, which was actually in Carrigard, about three miles from here. Um, but when he came over, he was taken on a scenic drive down into the village of Downings in the townland of Rossapena. And it was when he came on the scenic drive that he seen all the sand dunes and he seen you know, seen all the land very close to the water. And he, he told Lord Leitrim, you know, you know, this is where you should be building a golf course. Not, you know, so not that little bit further inland and, and through the trees. So um, then, so he staked out the first, uh, the first Ross Pena links in 1891 and they opened in 1893. Wow. So there's a ton of history with that golf course uh, on Ross Pena. 
Um, in terms of the golf itself, is it you know traditional links that sort of thing? It is, yeah. The old Tom Morris would be our most traditional of the three courses, where it's um, very much out and back. Um, you know, real ribbon of fairways alongside each other. Um, beautiful big link screens. Um, very high ball runs a mile. It's very hard and fast, built on pure sand. Um, and plays right along the coast and then back in towards the golf pavilion here. So it's it's a very traditional links test of golf. So that was the old Tom back in 1893, of course. Now, more recently, we've seen a couple of new courses, the Sandy Hills and, and the new St. Patrick's. Let's start uh, with the new Sandy Hills. Um, 2003, what was some of the reasoning behind the second golf course? Uh, so it's really sort of, I suppose, the tiger tiger boom and, and the golf boom. There's a huge golf boom in Ireland here around the, you know, the late 90s and the early 2000s so uh we had we we're lucky that we had the land as part of our portfolio so that was obviously the most expensive part was purchasing any additional land so we had that um and the sort of to the east of the old tomorrow's course so we use an irish architect um who had been doing quite a lot in ireland at the time pat ruddy um who also operates owns and operates his own golf course the European Club um, in County Wicklow. Uh, that course opened exactly 20 years ago, just past in June. So it opened in uh, June 2003. Uh, through the slightly higher dunes, through the, the more duny part of the property, obviously uh, construction methods and, and obviously machinery had moved on quite a lot since the 1890s. So, you know, going through that, you know, the, the more difficult terrain was no, was no problem for uh, an architect and obviously the, the shapers. So, yeah, it differs from Bull Tom in that it's um maybe a little bit more narrow in places because it's just the, the, the dunes, the way they, they funnel uh, through the property. Uh, the greens sit a little bit higher up than they do in Old Tomorrow's. Old Tomorrow's, they all almost sit a grade at the same level as the fairway, whereas at Sandy Hills, you start, you play up quite a lot on some of the second shots. Um, but you get beautiful views because it's so much higher than Old Tom. You get beautiful views all over Old Tom out towards Sheephaven Bay and also across St. Patrick's to the south end of the property towards Doe Castle and Arts Forest Park. And it's very beautiful. Oh, that sounds great and very beautiful, which is great to have the variety too between those two golf courses. So we've got the Old Tom Morris, we've got Sandy Hills, and then most recently, just a couple of years ago, the St. Patrick's links what can you tell us about that golf course so yeah we uh we opened st patrick's in june 21 so st patrick's was originally um a pay and play facility with two golf courses that were both developed in the 80s and 90s one was called the marhama gorgon links and the other was called the tremor links they were owned and operated by the walsh family in carrigart um out of the carrigart hotel so they were uh, played as a pay and play facility for around 10 years from the mid 90s to the mid 90s so around 05 06 the parcel of land of 320 acres was bought by a um, Dublin developer who then brought in Jack Nicholas to to redesign the entire 36 holes that project unfortunately uh, fell by the wayside quite quickly mm. and uh, the banks took over took over the property so uh, we purchased the property from the banks in November 2012 and then uh, entered discussions with Tom about doing a golf course, about doing 
a golf course on that site, you know, and then fast forward to 2018, we started to uh, mow it out. Uh, we mowed out the entire course. He'd made a number of site visits, finalized his routing. So we mowed it out in 2018. We actually built a couple of greens in June 2018. We built the 14th and 15th, which is actually in one of the most exposed areas of the golf course. So um, just worked out. Tom and his guys had a bit of time. We wanted to stabilize that area of the golf course. So we built two greens in 20, uh, 2018. And then we really started in earnest in July 19 and built all the greens first. July, August, September, seeded everything. Then through the winter of 1920, we started into tee boxes and bunkering and some of the fairway work. Then unfortunately, COVID hit us in March 20, which kind of stopped us in, the, in our tracks for, for a little bit of time. But we're quite lucky we were able to kind of keep going. We kind of, construction was almost deemed under golf course maintenance. So, you know, we were allowed to, you know, keep going. Uh, we didn't have all the staff here that we wanted. Some of the guys had to, had to leave the country, but, you know, some of them were able to get back. And then, yeah, so fast forward, finished everything up through uh, through the summer of 2020 and then opened in June 21. Wow. And obviously this newest course has been recognized in a big way. Uh, it was the highest new entry at 55th uh, in a recent golf magazine, top 100 in the world rankings for a course this new. What's it like to be recognized like this? All of this hard work that's put into a great golf course like this. Yeah, it's it was be beyond our wildest dreams to, you know, even to just scrape into that that ranking at somewhere between maybe 85 and 100 would have been, you know, a dream come true. But to go in as high as 55 was, you know, a real seal of approval by, you know, by the rating panel and, and by the magazine. And obviously everybody involved was extremely uh extremely happy with with something as you know uh, to have it's and so early because the conditioning of it in 2021 it was only just open you know it was still um you know you can still see some of the construction scars nothing was fully growing in it was you know it, it takes time to bed in an awful lot more time to bed in a links course than obviously you know a parkland or heathland so um yeah no it was a dream come true to to uh to come in that high so we've described described three great golf courses and people might be thinking, hey, we, we need a place to stay. And there's a great luxury hotel on site, great amenities, some dining as well. What can you tell us about that? That's right. We're very lucky. We, um, you know, the golf, the golf and the accommodation kind of go hand in hand with where we're, we're located, you know, um, we're two hours from Belfast, just over three hours from Dublin, but you know we're we're quite remote. Um, so like the hotel wouldn't work without the golf and vice versa. So we have a seventy bedroom hotel on site, um, with a number of Bayview suites with balconies overlooking the beach. It's a, if you go onto our website, you'll see how close uh, the proximity to the to the beach. Um, so you get beautiful sea views from your bedrooms. Um, beautiful restaurant overlooking that same beach and we have food options not just in the hotel but in the main golf pavilion which is the main golf hub serving lunch and dinner um so yeah it's 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 a it's a full full-on golf resort whenever you come here there's we have everything that anyone might need as well as a a full practice ground which is located just across from the uh the golf pavilion so full practice ground where everybody can you know do you know we have uh PGA pros who come with groups so you can do tuition you know, or just simply go and warm up before you play so you have everything that that anybody might need 
Now, before we go, you mentioned groups coming through. Now, of course, the Open was held at Royal Portrush back in 2019. It's heading back there in 2025. And that means there will be a lot of groups planning a trip around going to the Open. And Rasapana will obviously be a, a big destination for people to check out, whether it's before or after the Open. What did you guys learn from 2019 in terms of people coming through that you'll be able to apply this time around in 2025? Yeah, that was uh, obviously the first time we experienced that. Um, July for us will be a, a very busy month anyway, but you know, with that added number of players and the and the, like an awful lot of players were playing in a town called letter or staying in a town called letter kenny which is just 25 minutes south of rasapana so they were staying there and then going into port rush every day um or every second day and then then doing the other day where they would go golfing so the, you know they were right beside us so yeah it's uh and now with the addition of st patrick's we hope to have people visiting rasapana on a on a multiple days and not just coming for one round that they'll come here two, two, maybe three times and go to the golf two, maybe three times uh, in the sort of a 10, 12 day period. But it was extremely busy in 2019 and around the open. It was, yeah, it was, a, you know, a great thing to see for our whole Northwest region to be able to, you know, feed off, you know, one of the, the biggest golfing championships in the world. Well, Ireland's one of my favorite spots in the world. I've had a chance to be on property at Rasapana. And for those watching, for those listening, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go check out Rasapana and their three great golf courses and facilities. Frank, thanks so much for your time today and all the best. No problem. Thank you, Adam. Once again, our Irish Travel Special first debuts tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m. on TSN2. When we come back here on GTC, a look at the Fortinet Championship from a Canadian perspective. A couple Canadians in the field this week. We'll look at their chances this week, but overall, look at Team Canada as we have wrapped up arguably the best season for the P for Canadians on the PGA Tour. What do they have for an encore? We'll discuss that and much more when we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Schino and Bob Weeks. This week, PGA Tour back for Net Championship. And as of now, I'm seeing three Canadians in the field as the PGA Tour season gets underway. Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith, and Michael Gligic. Uh, Bob, for you, obviously we haven't seen these Canadians in a couple of weeks. Mackenzie Hughes had the victory during the fall portion of last season's schedule, and the rest of his season was marred by a lot of inconsistency. Overall, not only for this week, but for the season. What are you looking for from Mackenzie Hughes? Well, I think some of that consistency, that, that, as you said, that's kind of plagued his career, really. And in chats with him over the course of the season, that's what he's looking for, too. He doesn't want the, 
he likes the highs, but you just don't want those lows to be so low. And when you go on stretches where you're missing three and four cuts before you post a, uh, a decent finish, it's tough on you. It wears on you. And this is what Mackenzie Hughes was telling me. He said, you know, you're always looking for something. And a lot of times what he's been doing is chasing, chasing something different, chasing something new. For a while, he was trying to hit it as far as he could. He was trying to gain some length off of the tee. He's kind of dialed back on that a little bit. Um, and he always seems to be kind of in search of something else rather than, as Lee Trevino said, you know, dance with who brung you. He's got a lot of great talents, and if he can hit a few more fairways and hit a few more greens, I think he'll be fine because he's such a great putter, but uh, that's easier said than done, of course. Mark, for you, Mackenzie Hughes, what are your expectations for him this season? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, I, you know, Considering the way he started last season in the fall, I think we were anticipating a bigger year, but he was not able to use that like a springboard the way Nick Taylor springboard his performance at the WM. I mean, if you go back to that signature event with Taylor going toe-to-toe with Scheffler, he used that throughout the season as a confidence builder, eventually leading to you know our greatest sports moment of the year. Um, I, we, you know, Mackenzie unable to do that. But that's part of the reason why the fall is a strange animal. What, what happens in the fall does not necessarily transition to the other part of the year the way it does. And guys, I need to bring this up now because we have made a huge error. And we have a decision to make as a Golf Talk Canada family. And I, do, I have no real... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'd be happy regardless of what you gentlemen choose to do. The PGA Tour season is not over. We have handed out a FedEx Cup, but this is not the start of the 2024 season. The next seven events are the conclusion of the 22-23 season that we are now calling the FedEx Fall Finish for players to improve their position and or obtain their card for next year. So I pose the question to you gentlemen. Is our TSN edge season have seven weeks left in it? Or are we going to have a separate seven-week individual season and then kick off the new season in Hawaii? Because technically speaking, Bob is in first, Mark is in second, and Adam is last. But by the books, Adam has seven weeks left to get himself out of the basement. Uh, Bob, since you're leading, I think you should have a chance to go first. Okay. I I was going to say that Mark made a mistake there. I wanted to correct him. He said Bob is leading, and I was going to correct that and say, no, no, Bob has won. Mm. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So we know where Bob's vote is. We know where Bob's vote is. So I, I'm thinking, this is my, I think the right thing to do here is to give Bob his victory and treat the seven <laughs> events coming up, including this, as bonus edge weeks, one-offs, and we start our new TSN edge season with the Century Tournament of Champions and al- align our schedule with the PGA Tour schedule. I think that's the, the, the right thing to do is to, to acknowledge Bob's victory, have a seven weeks of bonus <laughs> for our Golf Talk Canada listeners and viewers, 
and then we start a new season-long leaderboard in Maui. Thoughts, Adam? Well, I mean, I, I, all I'm hearing is I have a chance to actually do something here. So I'm hip hip hooray. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Let's pop the champagne well, we and could, get ready We could to go. say this. I am willing to do this. I am willing to do this if Bob is willing to do this. I am willing to. Okay, we acknowledge Bob is a champion. However, if, if Adam were to be able to win the fall series of seven events... Bob and I will allow you out of your punishment for the start of 24. So it doesn't get, it doesn't, Bob is still the winner, but you need to beat both Bob and myself over the next seven weeks to not be punished at the start of 24. Bob, is that fair? I agree with that one. I like that one. All right. All, we... all I'm hearing is a lot of technicalities, and the season's really not starting, but it kind of <laughs> is, but it really isn't. So, anyways, we are starting from scratch here. Looking forward to the seven-week stretch sprint to the finish. So I might have to try it. The bonus Golf Talk Canada bonus seven-event fall series titled "Will Adam Dig His Way Out of the Basement." I think this is the equivalent of me being down in a match to you two and essentially pressing on the 15th tee, like trying just to make my way back back in the mix. Is this sort of, is this the equivalent of that? Bob, what do you think? Yeah, pretty close. This is like, okay, you really lost, but we're going to allow you. It's like double or nothing. Okay. Yes, that's it. But it won't be nothing. Double or nothing. (laughs) All right. Well, you'll have to stay tuned to our social media channels to look at this new technicality season going on. Uh, Okay, before we uh, wrap here and because the season's still going on, but let's just let's just ballpark this big picture. When we're sitting here one year from right now going real big picture, who is going to have the best season amongst Team Canada on the PGA Tour? Bob? Putting you on the spot here. Let's start with you. Right now, of all right the eligible now, players? All of the eligible players on the PGA Tour, when we're sitting here doing this show wow. one year from today, as we're teeing up the President's Cup on Canadian soil, who is going to have had the best season on the PGA Tour? Uh, I'm going to say Corey Connors. I think he's going to come back and bounce back. and not bounce, Not that he fell off, but he was... He had a sneaky good year. You know, he won, obviously, but I think he had a better year than if, if you kind of go back and look at it. You know, wow, you know, he really did play pretty well. I think a lot of attention, obviously, on Nick Taylor late in the season. But I think Corey's the guy. Mark, what do you got? Man, this is such a tough question because Bob, Bob's right with Corey. I think Adam Svensson has got his attitude in the, in, in the place and his just expects to compete week in and week out. I'm going to go with Nick, though. I'm going to stick with Nick because I think Nick, in a way, has realized his potential that we all thought he always had. It finally came to fruition. And now, in a way, the horses have left the barn and there's a little bit of house money. He's playing with a little bit of house money now. And beware, beware the golfer with like nothing to lose kind of thing. Um, I think Nick, I think Nick could, uh, 
could do something big again next year. Let's leave it at that. Something big again next year, whether it's a players, whether it's a major, or some type of major signature event like a Riv or a Palmer. I think Nick now, I mean, being able to do what he did on our soil in front of all of us and 35 million going, yeah, now let's get this done. Sunday at a major might not think might not feel that big to Nick. Okay, so Mark has Nick Taylor, uh, uh, Bob has Corey Connors. I'm going with Adam Hadwin. I think he's ready. He's due to break out. The beauty of this yeah. conversation, we all have three different players. That just shows the depth of Canadian golf right now. A lot of strengths right now uh, on the PGA Tour across all tours. That's for sure. Okay, when we come back, winners, weird, and what? From driver snapping under gallery ropes to top players in the world maybe going on a bachelor party before the Ryder Cup. It's 3-Dub, and it's coming up next. <laughs> this segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside GTC. Scully Weeks and Zacchino alongside. We've had a couple of weeks since we've had our latest edition of Winners Weird and what? Lots going on in the world of social media and golf and everything to do with the weird and wacky in the world of golf. It is Winners Weird and What. This week, Bob has the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, guys, my winner this week is, uh, some people might not call this a winner. Some people might call this a little bit of questionable, but uh, Adam was giving it a little bit of a tip on the way into that last commercial break. And it's the fact that one of the European Tour players who's going to be on the Solheim, or Solheim, on the Ryder Cup, is going to go to a bachelor party the week before. And he's going to do it in Mykonos, Greece, which is like party central of the world, perhaps. Uh, and he is going to have a little fun with some of the boys. And as he decided and, and himself said afterwards, he said, I'll have enough time to dry out before the Ryder Cup. Now, that guy is none other than Rory McIlroy. And normally I would say, ah, maybe this is a bit of a questionable kind of a decision to go and have a big party in the weeks and days before the Ryder Cup. However, I think this is a big win because I think this is just what Rory needs. Get away from golf. Have a blowout. Don't even think about what's going to happen. Get in there with some of the ouzo and some of the uh, go into some of the discos and do some <laughs> dancing and have a little fun and just clear your head out completely of all the stuff that's going through there. See some old buddies and uh, then kind of um, recover, as he said, dry out before the Ryder Cup. Adam, do you th you're you're kind of a young and and. Uh, uh, out there guy, what would you say in terms of something like this? Would it be something that you would do before the big 
um, before the big mother mother son championship at Bayview. Or oh, you probably do I mean, it anyway, right? Uh, yeah, I mean that, that that's a loaded question in itself. I mean, I probably wouldn't tell her if I was doing that. Let's put it that way. If the for, if the voice was a little hoarse the morning of, I don't know. I just didn't sleep well. I'm not quite sure why I can't walk straight right now. But you know, good for Rory McIlroy. He'll have time to dry out, maybe get a couple IVs. You know, get the hydration back where it needs to be. He'll have a good time. I haven't been to Mykonos personally, but all I've heard is that, like you said, Bob, it is party time. Yeah. Anyway, um, I my weird this week is uh, it brings us back to one of my favorite golf inter, uh, t- Twitter accounts, which is Jessica Hadwin, and she revealed what husband Adam has been doing in the off season, and uh, I thought it was quite good. She said he's got the DIY bug going right now, and the first shot she had of him was he was on his back underneath the kitchen sink, and that can only mean one thing: that can mean plumbing. And apparently he fixed the plumbing by himself, but uh, Jessica was kind of going like, what is going on here? And then the next one, she showed him, and he was standing on a ladder, not a small ladder, like a very big ladder, going up to make um, some repairs on the ceiling. Now, this is a vaulted ceiling, so it's basically two stories up. And there he is in his socks on the ladder at the top, doing a little bit of patchwork on the top of this thing. And she said, I can't wait for the off-season to be over. <laughs> You'd think that with the amount he travels and the amount he's away and they have a little girl at home that she would want him home more often. But apparently, no, she's afraid that he's going to break his neck and uh, he feels he would be, she feels he would be a little bit safer playing out on the PGA Tour. Mark, uh, are, you a, are you a DIY guy? I can never remember. Ooh. Ooh. Bob, I mean... I am the complete opposite of a D- <laughs> DIY. I am a, like, get me as far away from a tool or a ladder, anything as possible. I will, I will, my own golf repairs. <laughs> yeah. You could put the whipping on an old driver. Is that good? Can you do that? That's, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. No idea what whipping is, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and finally, my, uh, my, what is, uh, what a kind of a sad day it was yesterday in a, in a nice way, but, but still dis- not disappointing, just sad day that we have come to the end of the Canadian Tour, PGA Tour Canada and previous to that, the Canadian Tour, dating all the way back actually to the Peter Jackson Tour back in the late 60s, early 70s when guys like Dave Barr and Dan Halderson and George Knutson even would be playing on that tour. And we've seen this long progression. However, yesterday with the uh, Fortinet Cup Championship ending this season on PGA Tour Canada, it is now going to be melded into one big tour with the uh, Latino America Tour called PGA Tour Americas. I suspect they'll have a few stops in the U.S. as well. We don't know all the details of what it's going to look like or where our good pal Scotty Pritchard is going to be falling. But kind of a sad day, I think, to sort of say goodbye to the Canadian Tour, which has produced basically every Canadian who's on the PGA Tour and has ever played on the PGA Tour has come through those ranks. So uh, hopefully hopefully that doesn't change and we keep, keep those guys going from there. All right, Adam, over to you. 348. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. And Scotty Pritchard's going to join us next week on Golf Talk Canada, both television and radio, for a recap on PGA Tour Canada and a little expectation of what we should uh, be looking for uh, next season with PGA Tour Americas. My winner this week goes back to PGA Tour Canada, and a man by the name of Lauren Rao 
did something that, well, was pretty spectacular. He holed out on back-to-back holes during the PGA Tour Canada uh, final tournament there. He made an eagle on the par 4 15th hole, and then he stepped up to 16, par 3, jars it, casual, 2-1. That looks pretty good on the scorecard. Mark, this is reminiscent of we were playing uh, Cedar Bray. Uh, this would have been five years ago, where you were six under par in a four-hole stretch. You jarred one from the fairway. You were my winner that week. That, that's all I remember about that. But going 2-1? 2-1? Is this a video game? No, this is pretty spectacular. Mark, what do you think about this? I don't remember that uh, Cedar oh. Bray. That's crazy. Oh, right. you, was, did I, <laughs> I, really? <laughs> uh I mean, anytime you hole out for anywhere, it's awesome, right? It's fun. Uh, my my biggest golf memory of the year will be Nick Taylor's putt at the Canadian Open. But my second favorite golf memory of the year will be with you two gentlemen, with our friend Nick from TaylorMade, at Aviera, watching Adam Bob hole out from 224 uphill for Albatross. So my two favorite golf memories of the year that I got to witness my own eyes it's a Nick Taylor one and Adam Scully a close second. And a close third, maybe, you know, winning the Toronto Hunt member guest. I have only mentioned that about 700 times on this show, and I will continue to mention that throughout <laughs> at, at least one mention uh, per show. Okay, my weird this week, and this really took off on social media. On the LET Tour, Ann Van Dam finished in regulation. She, she sat in a golf cart with an official driving her to the tee. And like any cart, her clubs were on the back of the cart. There wasn't any protective uh, shield uh, on top of the clubs, and they had to go under a gallery rope. Now, we know Bryson DeChambeau had an epic war against the gallery rope last year. That's for a different show now. But anyway, so Anne Van Dam and this official are going under this gallery rope. They lift the rope up, and unfortunately, the rope was uh, left. Or they, they put it down a little too early, and they keep driving. All they hear is whack, and they look behind them. And the driver is in half. And Ann Van Dam looks at the official and thinks, oh boy, what on earth is happening? So you could blame the official. You could blame Ann Van Dam. Now, because uh, with the rules, you're allowed to replace that driver. The problem was that driver was already her backup because her starter driver, if you will, was damaged due to air travel. So this was the weirdest thing possibly I've seen throughout the year uh, she still hit uh, in the playoff it was a par five hit a par five in two going three wood three wood missed the eagle putt though so Bob have you ever had any issue uh, with golf clubs and travel and things showing up with your clubs in three three different pieces um, the only thing I've had is have them arrive late but I've never lost never officially lost them and never had anything broken thank goodness and I don't know if that's just plain luck or what it is, but uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if Mark's had a broken club or not. Once, just once. And But now that we take off the heads, like now I travel with the heads off and do the smart. Before, oh, like 15 years ago, maybe longer uh, in travel on the way to Myrtle Beach, actually. Oh. Got there, opened up the bag, head was broken off. So I hit a lot of hard three woods that week. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was just going to mention that, Mark, about the taking the head off a driver now that they're adjustable. If you're planning a trip maybe to Ireland, for example, you might want to do that. Okay, speaking Ooh, of Ireland, that goes to my go. what this week. A man by the name of Santiago Tario made the cut at the Irish Open. 70-72, made the cut. He was looking forward to a good weekend until he rinsed four consecutive balls into the water, made a septuple bogey 12. You hate to see that. That also includes uh, a three-putt from 18 inches. The good news for young Santiago, he broke 90. A smooth 89 for Santiago Dario at the Irish Open. We've all been there rinsing balls on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We give away six dozen balls from time to time. Well, he went through a lot of golf balls that day, one Santiago Okay, that's it for me. Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, my winner this week, guys, Rory McIlroy, not for his performance at the Irish Open, for what he did for a young boy, Horgan, who is battling a brain tumor, been battling a brain tumor for quite some time. He's a -a make-a-wish kid. And his wish was to get a video from his idol, Rory McIlroy. This kid just worships Rory. But Rory said, yeah, you can have the video, but let's take it one step further. He invited uh, Horgan and his family uh, to the Irish Open at the gay club this week. And let him uh, caddy f- and play uh, the ninth hole alongside Rory in the Pro-Am. They drove the golf course together and he showed him the ins and outs of being a caddy and playing golf. So Rory going the extra mile with a little kid that needs it. It's super uh, hard not to make Rory your winner. Uh, when athletes do things, they completely don't need to do like that because money is one thing. Cutting a check is one thing, but giving your time to somebody when you're someone like Rory McIlroy, well done, Rory. Okay, my weird guys, this is a piggyback, kind of almost an update from a story that broke in the spring. We're all used to seeing weird things on a golf course. Alligators in Florida, maybe snakes you don't want. You know, there there is the wild, and depending on what part of the world you go to, you expect different things. But a golf course in Australia, I'm trying to grab the name of it here, Carbrook Golf Club, in the spring noticed that they had a couple of bull sharks in a pond on the golf course. Now, if you're not familiar with bull sharks, after great white sharks, bull sharks are like the most dangerous, aggressive shark like known to man. Like These are the ones you do not want to be playing with, okay? How they got there, they believe there was a bit of a flood in the spring, and with the flood water came in a couple of sharks, and they mated like mad. So, to bring you up to speed... We are up to more than a dozen bull sharks now that are in the pond. So, okay, do not clear the water, okay? You're going to need a bigger boat, boys. Like I say, you're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, and finally, my what? And this is what a stupid idea. This is, this is my title of this. Dumb idea. Now, we're all familiar with the match. Now, if you go back to the original match with Mickelson and Woods and Manning and Tom Brady, they had eight, almost 8 million viewers to the match. We go back to that original series. Fast forward to this year, 
when Steph Curry played in the match with, I think it was Kelsey and I forget who the other athletes, Mahomes. Uh, who was Steph Curry's partner? Do you remember, guys? Clay, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. There was 750,000 total viewers to this year's match compared to almost 8 million when it was Tiger Bill Brady Manning. So I think the match has run this course, run its course, right? Well, what if geniuses at NBC Sports decided to do? Create a new TV show called Nice Shot with Steph Curry, where Steph Curry goes back to iconic venues and tries to replicate some of the greatest golf shots in history. In fact, I believe the opening one is Murfield Village, where he'll try to recreate the flop shot by Tiger Woods above the green at Murfield. You know what? There's a reason there's a show called Nice Song with Mark Zucchino. No one's watching my Nice Song with Mark Zucchino as Mark Zucchino goes around the world to great concert venues and plays classic guitar rick riffs. You want to know why? Because Mark Zucchino's a hack guitar player, okay? That's why. You want to watch a basketball player recreate some of the greatest shots in, in, in golf history. This makes no sense at all. No one wants to me say, uh, want to see Mark Zakee play Stairway to Heaven. No one wants to watch Steph Curry hit a flop shot like Tiger Woods. Completely frustrating to me. Okay, I need to calm down. This is so upsetting. Oh, okay, my morning's been made. We, it's been a while since we've heard a Zakino rant. There it was, right there. And uh, to your point, Mark, I've never heard you play the guitar. Uh, I, I'm sure you're fine. I'm you sure don't you're probably want not, to, Adam. Yeah, I, you're probably not great, but I'm, you do I not would, want to. I would definitely tune into episode one. But anyway, another fun edition of Winners Weird and What. When we come back here on GTC, an update on our schedule for the next couple of weeks, right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Well, as we wrap up today's show, before we sign off, Mark, for you, you said your golf season's getting underway in September, or how's the golf game? Yeah, it's not bad, actually. Hitting it pretty good. You know, putting it in the hole can be another story, but golf swing mm, feels pretty good. I'm going to try to play nine holes this afternoon and try to play a few times throughout September. I know we're trying to get something on the on the calendar with our friends at TaylorMade. We're going to do that. We should try to get something else on the calendar too. Uh, maybe go and try to find another game before the weather comes now that we have a little wiggle room, the three of us. Let's wait till Bob's done his run. What's that, Sunday, Bob, and then you're, uh, you're free after that? All right. After, after yeah, this Sunday, gonna, well, I think you and I are another date on the calendar. I think you and I are playing uh, this week, Mark, maybe later in the week, or is that next week? I can't remember. We have a date with Golf Ontario, maybe. Oh, Golf Ontario. We're playing with Golf Ontario. Yeah. September anyway, my 22nd, game, our friends my at Golf game Ontario. Is, yeah. 
my game is kind of like this. I'm holding my hands very far apart. I've had in the past, I've played more golf in September than I have played in August or in July. And uh, my rounds have ranged, um, let's say, say I've had a 13-shot difference in my low and my high. So okay. <laughs> we're struggling a little bit. But we've got, there's light on the horizon because I had a little lesson from Ralph Bauer. And now we're, now we're in a groove. Now we're finding it. All right, so consistency is king for Bob Not Anyway, great that we're all back playing uh, some more golf now. Gents, thanks for your time this morning. Been a fun one as always. We're back Tuesday, 10.30 p.m. TSN 2, our Irish travel special, and throughout the day on Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.